The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I want to say a few words also, as I said this morning, about um, talking about your experience. Um, it'll be a repeat for those of you who were here this morning, but for those of you who weren't, um, in these discussions, part of what is helpful is to describe what's going on for yourself as much as possible to just describe the actual experience of what's happening as opposed to your ideas about it or your agendas about what you think should be happening or ways in which you think things shouldn't be happening as opposed to putting those kind of overlays on it to, um, to simply see if you can report what you're actually noticing. And I found in my own practice this style of reporting to be very helpful in beginning to cut through some of the agendas and judgments and views and opinions that I had about my practice. So it's, it's supportive. And besides that, I'm really interested in just hearing about your experience. And in that... Uh, hopefully in hearing that I'm actually interested in hearing about your experience, it will encourage you to talk about your experience more in that way. And hopefully even then begin to see it more yourselves in that way. Because as we connect with our experience, in the early days of our practice, we are often seeing our experience through our views and opinions and judgments. So it's kind of hard to pull back and say, well, what's actually going on here? Well, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this sensation in my body and I don't like it. Therefore, I think I must be doing something wrong and I, I'm a failure at the practice. It's not so helpful to come in and just report, well, I, I can't do it. But to just report, well, I felt this unpleasant experience and I didn't like it. That was, the, that was what I was noticing. So... Just that's a little bit of an encouragement around describing your experience and that it is helpful um, as a part of the practice itself. It's not, um, not a separate thing. And one thing you might notice if you do this more and more, if you learn how to report like this or describe, the term reporting seems to be not such a good term to use, but to describe your experience in this way, then it, it seems to support your own practice. And it's a part of the practice in a way to support your own ability to see things in this way. So I'd like to start... Um, this evening by first opening the, um, the mic <laughs> to someone who either wasn't here this morning or um, didn't get a chance to speak this morning. Anybody who'd be willing to, to start. The, the first day after, after Sunday, that was yesterday, I guess, um, I, oh, I've picked washing dishes and standing up versus sitting down, but standing up. Uh-huh. And um, 
I noticed yesterday that um, every time I stood up, I like maybe like a minute or a couple minutes after, it's like, oh, I didn't stand up. Or you didn't remember. Right. Uh I remembered. And then I found that naturally I would just bring some mindfulness into what I was doing in that moment. Yes. So, um, and that felt, oh, am I supposed to, that just felt very natural that the mind was mindful. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, it is natural because the, the awareness has returned and there you are, you're present. So the mindfulness is already there. So it is very natural. So kind of allowing yourself to recognize that naturalness, which it seems like you were doing. Yeah. And um, there was a a joyful quality Mm. to um, when the mind, when that was happening. I mean, I felt very open. There wasn't a lot of judgment. There was just, I remember what you said, like, you know, when mindfulness happens, mindfulness happens. You know, and, and I just noticed that there was a, a very sort of spacious, happy quality at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed that I wasn't beating myself up for those times that I wasn't remembering. Good. Uh, <laughs> and I noticed that washing the dishes is usually what I pick. Or I, I, don't, I don't mean that. Is normally what I bring my mindfulness to at home. And I was noticing... Um, I was a little sloppy in my mindfulness about it because I think I've been doing it for a while that there's some roteness to it. So what do you mean by that? How did you notice that roteness? How did you notice that sloppiness? Uh, I noticed that... um, Find some words... Um, there was a little bit of like a fogginess to mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, there wasn't like a sharp awareness of what I was doing. Like, this is a comparison. Like when I first learned how to bring mindfulness to washing dishes. Uh huh. Okay. And that I, yeah, I, I wasn't as intricate in some of what I was doing too. There wasn't as much that bare attention. Maybe like if you're on a deeper retreat and you're doing it, you have that bare attention mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, and sometimes I was a little bit speedier rather than sort of taking sort of a more natural, slow pace doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, just a, a couple of points about that. Um, if you notice that the mind is foggy, I mean, part of what we're doing here in the daily life practice it's got a, I mean, it, it ultimately is about waking up and being mindful. But, you know, the light touch that I'm encouraging is more about waking up to what the mind is already doing. So if in paying attention to washing the dishes, you notice that there's fogginess in your mind, recognizing the fogginess. If you're noticing the speediness of the activity, just noticing that. No need to actually change how you're doing things, but notice what is already happening and how can you bring mindfulness to that, which is you know, just like the mindfulness comes into experience. And it can be mindful pretty much of anything. So you know, it can wake up and notice fogginess. It can notice speediness. It can notice 
a kind of more overall quality of being present as opposed to a detailed directing of attention that kind of can produce that more sharpness that you talk about. Okay, so from what you just said, I, I think more there was probably a judgmentalness about how my mindfulness was. Yes. The mindfulness was there. You know, it was there. You were fairly present. often, uh-huh, uh-huh. fairly often during the process. But there was an idea that real mindfulness looks different. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. So notice that. <laughs> that's a judgment. You know that this is one thing that's really, really interesting. Particularly as we explore mindfulness in daily life, we find that mindfulness looks a lot of different ways. I mean, there, there's there's so many different ways the mind can pay attention. And um, getting familiar with that range of different ways that the mind pays attention is really helpful. It's, it's, it's a helpful part of the daily life practice. And you know, if we have the idea that mindfulness means slowness and real clarity of experience, then we're going to think that we cannot be mindful if the mind has fogginess in it. It's like, well, I can't be mindful now because this is, you know. But we can be mindful of fogginess. You know, we can know that fogginess. It doesn't have the same feeling as that clarity of mindfulness. What I felt was, um, there's sort of a joy when I slow down to something. Absolutely. Because I can really pay... Yes more attention. It, it's, not just, it's not just that I can pay more attention. When I slow down, there is more joy. Yes, and, and that's a great thing to notice also. I mean, you know, you don't have to. If you notice that you're speedy, for instance, if you notice that this is all skillful means. So if you notice that you're speedy, and you don't have to be speedy in that moment, you can allow yourself to kind of have that exploration around what is the pace of, of movement that feels most joyful, feels most easeful. So you don't have to stay speedy. I mean, if you've noticed yourself speedy, there can be a kind of a natural way the mind and the, and the pace kind of gravitate together. Um, but there are times, there are definitely times when, you know, you've got five minutes to get out the door and you don't want to leave the pot in the sink because the ants might come. And, you know, you just, you, you clean it quickly. You don't have the luxury to always slow down and be very careful and to you know to really bring that joyful quality of mindfulness sometimes it has to be a rushed quality and mindfulness can know that so that's part of what i'm encouraging here is like not to have this idea that mindfulness looks a particular way and that only when we're behaving in certain ways can we be mindful to allow the mindfulness to connect with whatever we are experiencing and in that waking up moment a moment of remembering, just recognizing in that moment what's, what's already being known. The mindfulness wakes up into experience and something is already being known. The mind is already aware of something. What is it? Anything else you have to say? Um, a few times today and yesterday, um, it wasn't just when I was walking, it was even like this morning... Um, I was sitting, but I became aware of seeing, hearing, 
um, moving and contact. And it was very nice. That's another value judgment, but um, um, I really appreciated when that happened mm-hmm. because it gave a different context to the experience that I might have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, when the mind is moving through those, I noticed that there's not as much time for thinking mind in some ways to come in. Yes. And so it's much more in the experience of the moment um, than that. And um, where I live sometimes is a lot of low-rider cars, <laughs> and um, sometimes it can be very noisy with some of the music. And I've been really working with aversion around that. And so I tried the, the um, seeing, hearing, when that was arising, to sort of experience, well, is it what's going to be like? And it was much more pleasant. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Great. Sounds good. Anyone else? So my one task is to be aware of when I get up from sitting. So I had something similar to Mayoral where it was after I was already up that I realized, oh, <laughs> I wasn't mindful of getting up from sitting. But then I was mindful in that moment, so I was grateful for that. And then the and then eating, to slow down when I'm eating. So kind of the same thing. I'd be halfway through a meal and realizing, oh, I've just been shoveling the food down. So what are you noticing in that moment of, of recognizing that you've been shoveling the food down? <laughs> that it would be a good idea to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> and were you, were, at that point, did you stay connected with the, the rest of the meal? It would go in and out. Uh-huh, okay. So sometimes I, I would forget, and then I'd remember, forget, and remember. But when you were remembering, what were you noticing? But that was a good thing to be doing. <laughs> so was it was it um, just the the sense of just general presence then, or were you noticing taste, smell, touch? I thoughts? noticed. I noticed that it, it feels better for my body to eat slower. When mm-hmm. I eat too fast, I tend to get tired. Where if I eat a little slower, then my body can just be like, you know, take it and assimilate it and not be so tired. Okay, so you were noticing some impact on the speed on your, the quality of your body. Mm-hmm. 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 Anything else? Mm, not related to those two tasks, no. Okay. Um, did, you, did you explore any of the... Um, the questions around clear comprehension. Have you been looking at any of that? Well, when I read that yesterday, I was so exhausted yesterday. It was like reading something that was at a much higher level than what I could really comprehend. But I was getting something out of it. Um, so I was mostly focusing on okay, my priorities. Uh-huh, okay. And thinking about... And, is this pointing me in the direction that I want to go? Are you doing that through your day? As much as I could. Okay. I was so exhausted yesterday. Uh-huh. I really, you I was noticing mean, that I really couldn't get any couldn't get do much. done much of what I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. So I just had to be okay with being tired. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, bud. So um, my uh, <clears throat> my task was 
uh, my awareness uh, button was uh, starting my car, getting in my car and pressing the start button. And I blew it. Uh, <clears throat> I have not succeeded once uh, in pressing the button when I, I'm being mindful of starting the car. But I'm, I usually wake up and uh, maybe about three minutes down the road. Oh, forgot. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, mindfulness comes in, and I'm mindful of the steering wheel, and I'm mindful of driving, and, you know, it's, uh-oh. Didn't get it that time, maybe next time. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. mindfulness is there. <clears throat> and uh, the, uh, the morning, uh, getting up in the morning, and uh, I'm multitasking when my feet hit the floor, actually, because I've got five or ten things to do before I get out the door, and the timing is kind of critical. Um, but I was pretty mindful going through each of the, uh, each of the tasks, uh, and I noticed that uh, I hadn't turned the radio on. <clears throat> and uh, I made a decision to, well, let's see, I know what it feels like now with the radio off. Uh, there's something missing. I want noise. I flipped the radio on, and uh, my mind screamed at me, and turned the damn thing off. <laughs> What 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 was the experience in that turning it on? I mean, was it just the screaming, or was there some some bodily experience as well? well I I uh, started to shake a little bit. Uh huh. Uh huh. It was like uh, something's wrong. So yeah, uh, suffer duke. Uh huh. Uh huh. Duke. So. Uh, <clears throat> I turned it off, and anger arose. I started to get hot and irritated, and uh, a voice came in and said, uh, I I need the radio. I need to know what's going on. Mm. And I flipped it back on again, reflexively. And uh, there was nothing much going on. And uh, (laughs) turned it off. <clears throat> and left it off and, uh, <laughs> and, finished, and, and finished the but uh, what was what was novel for me was uh, this experience of, of anger uh, that came up uh, <clears throat> because I want I want the, uh, the radio uh-huh. I want the radio on uh-huh. definite wanting definite sense of uh, of need needs to be on. So all of that was interesting. Yeah, that's a great thing to know and to explore. What what is that wanting? Well, and I I got to see that uh, turning it on eh, wasn't that big a deal, you know, really. And it was relatively easy to to turn it off again. (laughs) So in that process, um, it sounds like you were noticing some physical responses. Yes. To the radio. And when you turned off the radio, what was the physical response? I mean, you noticed the anger the first time. The second time, what, what happened a- after you turned it off? Uh, I, I felt uh, I, my body tensed. I was waiting for something to mm. arrive, something mm. to happen. Uh, 
That's all I can say. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what else. Uh-huh. I mean, I can guess, but yeah, no, no, no guessing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty tense. I was pretty tense. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I was pretty tense. All I can say. I was guarded. Uh huh. I, I needed to protect myself. So, in the um, in your description of being mindful in the car, what what's your exp- experience there? It was pretty. It was pretty mild, actually. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't any any heat, actually. It's like, oh damn it, uh, forgot. You know. So let me be mindful now of what's going on. I'll try to remember next time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, I forgave myself. You know. Mm, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so with this, you know, the kind of the, the re-arising of mindfulness like that, um, you know, it can be kind of interesting to see just, you know, kind of ride it, you know, ride that wave, you know, the kind of there's, there's a kind of a momentum or a wave behind that, that movement of mindfulness. And, and you can just ride that wave. Um, if you've got some energy, I mean, if you're not needing to engage with other thoughts or other activities, you could um, prompt yourself every now and then. It's like, oh, yeah, keep, can I keep this going? I, I don't like to make a heavy thing out of that or to, to try to, you know, say, you know, try to keep that mindfulness going all day long because it's not going to happen. And that is just a recipe for people feeling guilty and like they're failing. So I don't, you know, I don't suggest that. But, um, but if you've got some time, like when you're driving... Uh, is a great time for it because um, you know you've got this time while you're between things. You don't actually have to do anything other than drive. And so, if the mindfulness arises while driving, kind of play with the edge around how long can you ride the wave of mindfulness, and when do you need to remind yourself uh, to kind of like give it a little boost. I think I've used this analogy before. Um, some of you might not have heard it. Um, but sometimes I think about this process around, around the mindfulness um, as being kind of like riding on a scooter. So, you know, you're riding on a scooter, and at first you've got to push on the, the ground to get the scooter going. And then after a little while, you know, you can, you can ride on the scooter. You just kind of hang out there. But, you know, the momentum is going to stop at some point. So you have to put your foot down and, and keep it going. But as it's going, you don't have to put your foot down as much. And there's kind of a sense that you get on the scooter of how often you need to do that, a little bit of pushing. It's kind of similar with the, the mindfulness, that there's a, a natural kind of momentum behind an arising of mindfulness and it may be stronger or weaker, depending on what's going on, what the conditions are behind that mindfulness re-arising. And to get a sense of how much effort and this kind of prompting or reminding yourself to be mindful is a little tiny bit of effort. It's not a heavy effort. It's not like saying, stay connected with experience. You know, It's just more like, oh, can I be mindful? It's just like reminding yourself about the fact of mindfulness. And then seeing how long that movement 
less. It's just a very gentle kind of tap almost or just a little prompt of intention towards mindfulness when you're already mindful. So this is, there's, there's this, uh, this arising of mindfulness, the kind of spontaneous arising of mindfulness is what I would call unprompted mindfulness. It's just happened. It's not something you did. It's not something you tried to do. It is just an arising of causes and conditions that created the conditions for that moment of mindfulness to arise and for you to notice it, for you to recognize it. So it was unprompted. It was spontaneous and it is effortless. You didn't have to do anything to make it happen. And I got really interested in that effortless quality of that unprompted mindfulness. And um, it, it kind of gave me a clue or gave me a, a sense of the possibility for mindfulness to not feel quite so heavy or to not feel like I'm doing mindfulness. Because in that moment, you're not doing it. It just is like the light goes on. Just the mindfulness is there. And so that just subtle use of a reminder just a little little bit of energy added in towards that direction of reminding yourself to be mindful. That I call prompting. It's prompted. It's prompted mindfulness. So there's this unprompted, naturally spontaneous mindfulness, and then there's the prompting. And the prompting can be pretty light. It doesn't have to be a heavy, you know, holding on to thing. Kind of ride that wave of mindfulness. See if you can bring in the inclination or the intention towards mindfulness at some point in that wave. And see if it can go a little bit longer. See if that, that little bit of prompting gives you a little bit more of that wave. And that's a thought around that. Well, I had the intention to be mindful of turning the car. Mm-hmm. And that intention was there was there because when I stopped thinking about what I was thinking about driving uh, it arose it arose yeah right Uh so it was definitely there Uh, and when I allowed it to arise (laughs) it popped in Uh, when yeah when there's not it's it's not even so much that you're allowing it to arise it's that get out of the way yes yeah yeah so the intention was uh, was pretty key Uh uh-huh yeah, yeah, and, and and playing with that intention actually, you know, you can you can use it. You might even you know use the you can use it. You can do it verbally by using a thought in the mind when you're already mindful. May this mindfulness continue. You know, you don't have to to try to do that. You don't have to try to make it continue. It's more it's more like putting a request into the mind body system, seeing how the mind and body responds. May the mindfulness continue. Just that simple inclination towards the mindfulness will probably support it to carry on for a little bit longer in a very light way. This is what's so wonderful about um, you know, this kind of practice in daily life is that we really start to see how light, it, it, unburdensome the mindfulness can be and how much it supports our happiness and our um, ability to notice when reactivity arises and 
the supporting of letting it go, it's just such a, uh, a gift to have that mindfulness arising in our daily lives. Anything else, bud? Okay. Yeah, Sue. When you gave, gave us the assignment walking, walking, so, so we are walking and, uh, and, and start to do the notice of uh, this uh, uh, seeing and hearing and moving, footing, and doing that. It, it's presently I was walking and doing this, you know, four different uh, steps. And then thought came in, thought, and then oh, I noticed thought, and then it's it's okay. I let it go, and then I was doing what I was doing, and and then and then another time. Now I'm still walking, and then uh, just came into uh, I noticed uh, there's a planning, mm-hmm. planning. So I. I said because I have this project coming mm-hmm. soon, so I was I decided to stay on while I was walking to let yourself plan. Yes, uh-huh. the plan. Uh-huh. So I was uh, I decided to do so. I was doing it, and then when it is gone, then it's kind of an uh, an ending uh-huh. uh, the project. Um, the assignment uh, on the uh, the planning, so then I continued what I was doing it. So mm-hmm. when you noticed the planning start, mm-hmm. um, were you able to be aware that the planning was happening while it was happening? You could actually be mindful mm-hmm. about that planning process. It, it is possible to do that. So I'm just curious if that was happening, if the the mindfulness was kind of noticing, okay, yeah, I need to do that, I need to do that, I need to do that. And then when you kind of went through that process, like, okay, now come back. Was it like that, or did you get lost in the planning? You did not get lost no, in the planning? No, I did uh-huh. not. I just go with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds great. That's a, it's, it's a real skill to learn how to, um, to think mindfully. You know, you notice that a thought arises to judge, okay, is this a thought that's helpful for me to think right now? And if so, you know, allowing the mind to, to think about it. This, this recalls, um, this is a little bit of a side, but um, I've been reading this sutta about the Buddha before he was enlightened and how uh, he noticed different kinds of thoughts in his experience. And um, Certain thoughts he noticed, he divided thoughts into two kinds. Those thoughts that were not helpful and those thoughts that were helpful. And when he noticed the not helpful thoughts, he, he um, reflected on the drawbacks of those thoughts and then they would subside. So he would, he would re- reflect, this thought causes harm, this thought causes suffering to myself, to others. It's not in line with the Dharma, it's in the way. It's, you know, so he would reflect about that and that would allow that thought to subside. Then when he noticed these other kind of thoughts, these thoughts that were helpful, um, he said, I noticed that 
If I thought about it for a day, if I thought about it for a night, if I thought about it for a day and a night, it wasn't going to cause anybody any harm. So it was okay to be thinking about that thought. All I needed to do was to be mindful of it. So to, to recognize the, the distinction between thoughts that are kind of pulling us into a direction we don't want to go, this is that clear comprehension again. You know, it's looking at, at thoughts in terms of, is this in line with the direction I want to go? And if not, f- finding ways to support letting go of them, abandoning them. Mindfulness is one way, turning the attention away from the thought into the body, around what's happening around uh, the thought, to take the attention out of the thought. These reflecting on the drawbacks is another way. When there are skillful thoughts or, or thoughts that support us, we can think them. And we can think them mindfully. So we can engage in that. Then the, the sutta does go on, so I'll, I'll just drop this in here too. Because it says that um, as he was noticing his thinking about these uh, wholesome thoughts, he realized that if he thought excessively, his mind got tired and agitated. And so it wasn't so helpful to think all the time. <laughs> that it was helpful to put them down and settle into quiet and stillness and meditation. Um, so, so it sounds like you did just that. You know, you allowed that thought to come, and then it's like, okay, that's enough. Finish that. I'm going to come back now to just settling into the here and now. So that's, that's a beautiful report, Sue. Thank, Thank you. you. Sutta number, I think it's 19. It's called Two Kinds of Thought. Majima, yeah. So during this retreat, I added to my other practices that I've forgotten to practice between retreats. Um, being mindful of driving. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting about it is that it's very like meditation in that I would find myself paying attention to the road, to the cars on the road, and then drift off into thought, which is kind of my natural state while I'm driving, is I would typically be thinking about something as I'm driving along. Hold the neck a little bit. Thinking about something as I'm driving along. And then, and then what was interesting was that each time I woke up from thinking as I was driving, I realized I couldn't remember what I was looking at, you know, before I woke up. Uh. And how could I have been driving, (laughs) (laughs) like, in this state of, you know... uh, Of distraction. Of distraction, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's really eye-opening when we start to pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, how, how much we do drive on kind of automatic pilot. I mean, we can fortunately do it, but, uh, you know... Everybody out there is driving that way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really good That's idea to pay, pay attention. attention. <laughs> <laughs> so I, in in that waking up, I don't. You weren't here this morning, were you? The no, I was not here. This um, morning. One thing I talked about a little bit this morning. Uh, I'll just state it again: is that in that moment of waking up, um, kind of noticing. I mean, it sounds like a little bit you are noticing the kind of difference between that state of distractedness and the awareness. You know, highlighting for yourself the difference. And kind of taking in, this is what it's like to be aware. 
to, to actually recognize and notice that quality. Yeah. As I woke up, I would wonder things like, was I looking at the dashboard or, or the road? You know? uh, uh-huh. it, was, it was quite a big difference. Yeah, so, so highlight that difference for yourself in the waking up. You can let go of the, the wondering. And notice that wondering has arisen. You know, that's just another phenomenon that has arisen. Um, and um, just see if you can tune into that quality of awake. Awake has happened. As we recognize that, as we get familiar with what that feels like, it's a supporting condition for it to happen more often and for us to recognize it more often. Any other, any other things that you'd like to report about? Okay. Yeah, Bob. Thank you. Um, this, uh, I'm starting to think this is a common theme. I chose something about driving, and it's already been discussed. It's the notion, and I, I wasn't here on Sunday. I chose to go to a, a funeral service. Hold, hold the I mic did, a little closer. But I did come here at 5 o'clock, and you gave me the handouts, and I did read those last night before the meditation last night. And, and I don't intend to come to the morning sessions. That's just, I, I yeah. can't do that. Uh-huh. And um, I choose not to do that. Um, but the thing that I realized sort of in retrospect that I did today, I think consistently, I can't think of an exception, is when I got in my car and started my car, I turned the radio off. So that, in a very common, and it's, and it's, <clears throat> excuse me, and at some point while driving, after I'd gone some number of minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or not even that long, after I was aware that I had not, that I had turned the radio off so I wasn't just on automatic listening to whatever was on and there are three buttons I hit and I just move around, that kind of thing. Um, I didn't realize until coming in here this evening that I, I'm pretty sure that I was consistent about that all day long. Mm-hmm. I don't drive a lot, but I probably got in and out of my car five or six times uh, to go places during, during my day. And... Um, and it, it really makes a, a, a nice difference because I'm aware of the awareness. I'm aware that, oh, I'm not on automatic in that little regard. That's great. That, that, it's so supportive, actually, to, to do that subtle difference in the car of yeah. letting and go of that. I noticed one of the things, I've done these exercises before and, and, or picked out things, and one of the things that I paid attention to in the handout was uh, rather than, say, when the phone rings, you know, or when there's something that that comes at you as opposed to something you initiate, I think it's. I, I think that was good for me to think about something like that. Okay. Um, so have you, have you picked something like that during your day? Well, I didn't formally pick it, but only in, I thought about it in retrospect. It was again this turning off. The, the turning off I the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you find that the having the radio off that you were able to be more present then? in the whole time of driving. Certainly, yes. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.
Um, I've been practicing uh, paying attention to uh, during so um, in the course of the day, you know, to when I switch tasks and so on. And I find that uh, um, I can kind of carry on three threads of things in my head at the same time. Uh, one thread, it's uh, I think it's probably a result of my uh, sitting practice. It's, I find I more and more uh, throughout the day uh, kind of can keep tap of my breathing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like today, I noticed uh, when I was reading something for work, and then there's these random thoughts popping in and out of the the, the third thread, the come and come and go. And I was uh, paying attention. I find that uh, if I can catch these random thoughts early enough, I notice that there's a physical effect. I feel a, a sense of lightening up. I, I uh, stopped it. So. Uh-huh. But if I catch it late, and it, I can, if I stop, it feels more like a drain. There's more like a feeling of a struggle. To try to, to stop to try the to momentum stop of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been trying to experiment is to see how if I... seems like if I uh, uh, have a firmer hold on the breathing, attention on the breathing, if that's stronger, I seem to be able to to uh, also be more aware of, of these random thoughts coming more in. quickly. Yeah. So you say quickly. you're you're able to pay attention to your breathing while you're doing a task. Yeah, like, that seems to like be a reading habit. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah, that's yeah. lovely. Um, and then so that paying attention to the breathing while you're doing that task supports the mind's ability to see the, the random thoughts right, popping when, in when, they, when it comes uh-huh. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Now the the um, the place to play also. Um, because sometimes we can't always, I mean, we can work towards like what you're doing, the, you know, the bringing the breathing in, and it sounds like it's happening kind of automatically in a way. Yeah. Um, although it sounds like when you put a little more intentionality to it that you catch the thoughts more quickly. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we can't always, um, we don't have a, a control over our minds all the time. So uh, when you notice that, you find that you're catching those thoughts later and you have that feeling of the being drained. Um, one thing you can do is, is check into how you're trying to let go of the thoughts. Are you, are you pushing them away with some kind of aversion? Um, or are you kind of allowing the mind to just recognize that you know, you've been caught it, my guess is that when it's, they go on for longer, that there's more stickiness to the thoughts. So one thing that you can do when you recognize that you've been caught like that is to kind of acknowledge the stickiness, mm-hmm. to kind of touch into that sticky quality, um, not the thoughts mm-hmm. themselves, but you know what is that stickiness? To not try to then get rid of it, that would feel draining. You know, if you're trying to push away something that's got some stickiness mm-hmm. to it. But if you can just mindfully touch into the stickiness, sometimes it'll, it'll dissipate kind of like the thoughts would dissipate. So, you know, just playing with that a little bit, you know, when you find that that happens. Um, it, it sounds like if it's not a heavy thing for you to kind of add a little bit of intentionality to the breathing, mm-hmm. that sounds supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, thank you. We have time for one, one more. Yeah, Rhonda. 
Well, actually, I wasn't going to um, raise my hand to share with the group, but since we were all kind of on a theme, quite a few of us, related to driving, I had picked as far as a task that I do kind of consistently throughout the week is to be more mindful of my driving. And I had done a good job since I had first come on Sunday, just really noticing what it felt like to be mindful, feel the steering wheel, look at the other cars, see the lights and things like that. Felt very good, sense of, you know, peace. I was able to kind of slow down. And this afternoon, I had made the decision that I had about a five or so minute drive, and I was not going to be mindful during that stretch. So what I guess I ended up doing, (laughs) hop into my car after taking a walk, and I needed to go to an appointment. And when I got there into the parking lot, I had decided, gosh, I really want to get this parking spot that's up close. So I swerve my car in, and I'm sitting there kind of preparing to go into my appointment, and then someone's like knocking on my window, you just hit my car. And I said, what? Did I really? And I thought I had felt a bump, but I thought it was my left side of the car hitting the curb to the the left side of me, not that I had hit this lady's car from the back, and that is just, you know, living proof right there, what a fog that I'm in sometimes when I'm driving, because I had no clue even after I swerved in and hit her car, that I had even done so. So night and day between, you know, being more (laughs) intentional and conscious of what I was doing versus ending up from point A to point B, and I didn't even really know how I got there. May that support your (laughs) intention towards mindfulness. Yes, if I would have just stayed with it for that that other little five-minute stretch of a drive, I don't think my insurance premiums would be going up. Well, thank you for that story. (laughs) So may you all find inspiration towards the mindfulness.